One bitter Sunday morning in March, an unusual problem was put before Inspector Knowles of the South Sussex CID. It seemed that a man named Simpson, who lived in a deeply rural part of the county, had telephoned the police to say that a public postbox near his home had been stolen. Investigation by the local constable had confirmed the report. The hoops of iron which had clamped the small red box to a telegraph pole had been sawn through with a hacksaw. The box, which had been cleared at 8.30 on the Saturday morning, had obviously been stolen on the Saturday night. The site was a T-junction of minor lanes called May's End, and the nearest house, Simpson's, was a hundred yards away, behind trees. Neither Simpson, nor, it soon appeared, anyone else in the neighbourhood, had noticed anything unusual during the night. Inspector Knowles didn't seem unduly worried by the lack of clues. We'll assume, Knowles said, that the box was taken for a good practical reason, for something inside it. Well, no, I can't see anyone stealing a post box simply on the off chance of finding money in it, interrupted his dutiful sergeant. So we'll say, Knowles continued, that the fellow wanted a particular letter, which he could get only by taking the box away and breaking open. Either someone else's letter, or one he had posted himself, Davy. Changed his mind about it, you mean, sir? That's right, Sergeant. Isn't hard to think of reasons. For example, he might have posted a letter earlier in the day confessing to something, or accusing someone of something, and then he might have had unexpected news. Of a death, say. In the papers, or on the radio, or by telephone. Something that altered the whole situation. There are endless possibilities. We're certainly not short of a reasonable motive. We're short of a line on the fellow who did it, Davy said. Seems to me it could have been anyone, some passing motorist who went back afterwards. Knowles considered. It's possible, but not very likely. Those lanes are used almost exclusively by the locals. They aren't through routes. This must have been a very important letter. And if you go out with an important letter, you don't drift a bud with it. You post it. I'd say it was definitely a local man. That still leaves the field pretty wide open, sir. Well, does it? Remember, Sergeant, that raw wind yesterday. It was a sort of weather that makes sensible people want to hibernate. So the chances are that anyone who posted a letter in the May's End box was posting it in the nearest box and getting back to the warmth as soon as possible. And it shouldn't be hard to find out which houses that box was the nearest to. Knowles unfolded a six-inch ordnance map of the area, on which all buildings were marked. There we are, he said at last. There are actually only twenty houses that are nearer the maze end box than any other. Come on, Sergeant. Let's go and see if we can narrow the field a bit more. As Knowles had expected, most of the occupants were quickly eliminated. In the end, the inspector was left with only four possibles. The first was a retired but vigorous-looking colonel living with his wife. They said they hadn't heard about the theft, which they thought outrageous. They hadn't posted any letters in the May's End box themselves. Indeed, they had stayed indoors all the weekend. The second possible was a young man named Forbes, who worked as a draftsman in the neighbouring town of Lambridge. He and his fiancée, who was soon to be married, had recently bought a modest cottage about 200 yards from May's End, 
and he was taking time off to do some decorating while his girl visited friends in Cheshire. Like the colonel, he said that the theft of the box was news to him. Asked if he had posted any letters during the weekend, he said he had sent one off to his fiancée that morning, but none on the Saturday. The third possible was a middle-aged solicitor, a bachelor, who lived in London and came to the country only for an occasional weekend. He had been at the house alone, he said, since Friday night, working. He had heard from his neighbour, Simpson, about the theft. He had posted three letters in the box on Saturday, one containing an important document. It was a disgraceful business, and he hoped the police would soon apprehend the culprit. Finally, there was a small-scale farmer named Angel, who seemed to resent the inspector's questions. He hadn't heard about the theft, he said, and he didn't know anything about it. He hadn't posted any letters over the weekend, and he hadn't been out on the Saturday night. Knowles returned to his office in a pensive mood. He had a nagging feeling that someone had told him a lie, but he couldn't put his finger on it. There were no developments for three days. Then there was an unexpected one. The solicitor rang Knowles from London to say that all three of the letters he had posted had been delivered. Subsequent inquiries by the inspector revealed that of nine letters admittedly posted during the weekend by the occupants of the twenty houses, all had now reached their destinations. None had been tampered with. They had been posted in Lambridge late on Tuesday afternoon. Knowles checked again with his four suspects. The colonel said he had been in Lambridge on Tuesday afternoon to get his hair cut. Forbes said he had gone in after lunch to buy some more paint. The solicitor said he had spent all Tuesday seeing a client in the next county. The farmer said he hadn't been in Lambridge at all. Well, Knowles commented, we know now that the thief didn't take the box for any letters but his own. Also that he has a bit of a conscience. He could easily have destroyed them all. Posting them added to his danger. The inspector continued to mull over the case, without making any progress. It was not until Thursday morning, when he was working on something else, that he suddenly exclaimed, Sergeant, I'm a clot. Of course. Come on, we're going visiting. Forbes was still at his cottage, whistling cheerfully as he painted a door. His whistling stopped abruptly when the policeman appeared. Mr. Forbes, Knowles said. If I remember rightly, you told me you hadn't heard about the theft of that postbox until my call here on Sunday afternoon. That's right, Inspector. You also told me you posted a letter to your fiancé on Sunday morning. Yes. Where did you post it? Forbes stared. I... I posted it in the box on the main road. Why not in the box at May's End? It's only 200 yards from here. The main road is nearly a mile. But I... I don't really know. I suggest, Knowles said, that you went to the main road because you knew the maze end box wasn't there, because you had already removed it. Mind if I have a look around? Go ahead, the young man said tonelessly. With a gloomy face, he accompanied the policeman. There was nothing in the house to justify suspicion, nothing in the sheds. Knowles went into the back garden. The ground was iron hard. Nothing could have been buried. Then his glance fell on a small pond. 
Near the center, there was a disturbed patch where the ice had been broken. Knowles looked significantly at the sergeant. At that point, Forbes gave up. Okay, inspector, he said. The box is there. I was supposed to be getting married at the end of this month, Forbes said when they were back in the house. My fiancée, Barbara, and I, well, we hadn't had what you'd call a smooth courtship, but at last everything seemed to be going fine. I was very happy. You see, I'm, I'm very much in love with her. Then last Friday, a quarrel suddenly blew up again. It was stupid, but we both got very angry. I came down here alone, still in a boiling rage, and instead of giving myself time to cool off, I wrote her a furious letter, a real stinker, and posted it. I'd no sooner shoved it in the box than I regretted it. As the day wore on, I got more and more desperate thinking about it. I'd have sent her a wire, asking her not to open the letter, but I wasn't sure she'd get it in time. So I thought, what the hell? My whole future's at stake in this. And that night I went to May's End and pinched the box. I had an awful job breaking it open, but I managed it, and I destroyed the letter. On Sunday morning I wrote to Barbara, saying I was sorry and making things up. And on Tuesday I posted the other letters. I hoped that would be the end of it. Knowles picked up a photograph from the table. Is this your fiancé? Forbes nodded. The inspector studied it for a moment. Charming, he said, and paused. Well, Mr. Forbes, I'm afraid you'll have to come along with me. Stealing post office property is a serious offence, though strictly between ourselves, I wouldn't be surprised if the court decided to take a lenient view in the circumstances. The inspector was right. At the hearing, Forbes was given a heavy fine, a stern warning, and the magistrate's good wishes for a law-abiding future. Afterwards, he went off with his fiancée to continue the decoration of their home. Well, Sergeant Davy commented, he certainly was lucky. Could have ruined himself. Imagine, stealing a postbox? All that trouble, just for a woman. Noel smiled. I wouldn't say it was all that much trouble, he said. Not as these things go. Did you never hear of the face that launched a thousand ships?